Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Per la Juve, dopo un minuto, due minuti, il gol di poi... C'è l'1-1 della Fulham con Zamora alla nono. The whole world has been gripped by the story of the 33 trapped miners underground here for more than two months. Nel frattempo l'espulsione di Cannavaro e al 39esimo il 2-1 degli inglesi con Aguera. Secondo tempo calcio di rigore ancora l'ungherese. Then 17 days after the cave-in, sounds were heard down one of the boreholes. And when a video probe was sent down, a face could clearly be seen. Per il 3 a 1 e poi il definitivo 4 a 1, quindi niente eh, supplementari, gol di eh, Dempsey e Fulham ai quarti. Allora, noi siamo Finally, in the early hours of Wednesday morning, news came that the world was waiting for. The Phoenix capsule was lowered down the shaft and one by one, the 33 trapped miners came to the surface. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Greatest Games on Football Ramble Daily in association with The Blizzard. This week, joining myself and Jonathan Wilson, is Philippe Auclair, football writer and biographer of Eric Cantona and Thierry Henry. Philippe, welcome to the pod. Thank you very much for having me. We are going back to March 2010, the Europa League round of 16. Yes. Uh, Fulham had been beaten 3-1 by Juventus in Italy and they came roaring back in West London to win 4-1 on that night, which of course put them through 5-4. Uh, Philippe, other than uh, you know pleasing me as a Fulham fan, yeah. uh, why did you choose this game? Because I've never felt such joy at a football game. <laughs> That's as simple as that. Uh, I concur. 
Uh, well, you know, <clears throat> it's almost suspect, actually. You think my my loyalties lies lie in London, but somewhat to the north of. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I I live in Shepherd's Bush, so I suppose I'm sort of uh, you know, mm-hmm. my second club. Yeah, which yeah, is, yeah. You can't do that now. <laughs> but uh, I think it's um, a feeling of expectation before the game. Um, the build-up was absolutely perfect, and it really you know closely poised. We knew that Fulham at home were splendid. Actually, they they had remained unbeaten, drawn with Roma. But really bad luck, you know, conceding a goal in the very last minutes. And uh, he said, yeah, it's possible. I want to believe, I want to believe, which was the, mm-hmm. the slogan of, of, of the Fulham fans this season. And you thought, yeah, against this ageing, not extraordinary Juventus team, perhaps they can do it. And then, of course, Juve opens the scoring and you think, oh no. And actually you think, oh yes, it's going to happen, isn't it? Mm. And I, I've, I, I've rarely felt, actually I've never felt to that extent communion of a, of a public and, and its own team. And it even actually went beyond the public because I've never seen the reactions I saw in the press box when, you know, the deliverance happened. And um, we were all bouncing up and down. I embraced um, the, the steward next to me. Everybody was going, you know, high-fiving and saying, yes, yes, yes. And, 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 and the stadium was literally moving, you know, uh-huh. the old beautiful wooden stadium. Yeah. It was literally shaking. And I, I was... An alterated joy um, of, of, first of all, the story of, of the season had been fantastic. Uh, the football they were playing was, I think, absolutely beautiful. And perhaps people don't remember enough of that, that Fulham team that season, in the season before that, uh, how good the football they played was. Um, and the fact that, you know, the adventure was was still alive and very it was very much alive. And indeed, it, uh, it finished, as we know, um, against Atletico in extra time. Uh-huh. But uh, we had believed until the very end. Absolutely. And honestly, it's a feeling of joy more than anything else. Yeah. Which stand were you in, by the way? I was in the press box. Oh, your press box. Course, yeah. Right, so yeah. Uh, just just across, you know, the um, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the pitch from uh, from the, the dugouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the old stand, as you say. The old oh, old yeah. Stand. Absolutely. With the seats made of yeah, this. Very much yeah, wooden <laughs> seats. Yeah, I was in the in the Putney and quite close to the actual cottage uh, myself that evening. Um, but, you, but you're right. I mean, we, we will talk about the actual match in, in a short while. But, mm. um, but, but Fulham, not known for having a raucous home atmosphere and all that kind of stuff, but it, did, it did change that night. Uh, but of course, a couple of seasons before, Jonathan, um, when uh, Laurie Sanchez was in charge of Fulham, this whole thing could have been oh so different. Fulham were, were struggling big time in the Premier League and and then Roy the Boy Hodgson came along and changed their fortunes. Yeah, and I think Roy Hodgson was was pretty underrated in English football at the time. Mm. I, I, mean, I think he's pretty underrated now, but we've, we've kind of got used to him a bit. Um, but then... You know, he he hadn't been successful in English football. He took over this this struggling team. There was sort of a sense that well, yeah, Fulham's about his level, which was deeply unfair given the success he'd had. Um, and it it took time for his methods to work. And I remember talking to Simon Davis. I think it must have been after the Shakhtar game mm-hmm. this season uh, in the mix zone. Um, I'm trying to think which game I'd, I'd have gone to, but. He must have been Shakhtar. And him, you know, laying out kind of just how difficult it was getting used to what, what Hodgson wanted them to do. Um, and, and sort of the repetitiveness and how boring it was and how the players were sort of like, God, this is tedious. <laughs> and then they started to get results. And this sort of realisation of, oh, actually, this this works. This is worth it. Uh, but, to, you know, to, to have 
uh, you know, for, for players to buy into that, you have to have a certain type of player. That's right. Uh, and and yeah, by by this point, Hodgson had it sort of managed to yeah, without spending huge amounts of money, obviously, but it managed to shape the squad uh, more in his way. But you know, they, they that first season they stayed up by winning the last three games. Well, that extraordinary win when they were two 0 down away to Manchester City, yeah, mm. and they won three two. I mean, Hodgson's reaction on the bench. He doesn't often show that much emotion, certainly not joyous emotion, <laughs> and, 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 and he didn't. It was, it was a crucial one, and they survived. And then the next season, they finished seventh. Yeah, I mean, the thought of ahead of Spurs. Yeah, the, the, the thought of Spurs, uh, Fulham being the seventh best team in England, obviously now seems a bit yeah. ridiculous. But it's an amazing achievement, especially as they're, they're sort of constantly in this shadow of Chelsea. Yeah, and uh, and the fact that the, the team changed, but I, I was looking, you know, how much in common did the team from 2006-7 had in common with the team that beat Juve? Actually, there were quite a few players who were already there. <laughs> uh, it, it was, you know, he, he had, he brought in some some very important players like Zoltan Guerra, for example. Uh, but Clint Dempsey was already uh, at the club, uh, mm. for example. Uh, Danny Murphy was there all along, uh, so he, he had some of the major elements, key elements of his squad already in place, and and then it was also I think we're talking about the right kind of players to to work with with Roy, I, and I think he needs intelligent players, and I don't think if it's the impression you got when you were talking to them in the mix though, but I, I talked to them quite a lot during that 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 season. It was not just about the belief they had or the qualities they had. It was also the way they were able to to articulate what was going on and to keep a cool head because they didn't suffer at all or very little uh, about the Europa League effect uh, despite having to start with the preliminary rounds mm. and and going to the very end. Oh, it's an incredibly long season they had. That. It was. It was. I can't remember. If, I mean, it's well over sixty games. I mean, I can't remember. Maybe over seventy games. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, but the the fact is, it it didn't affect their form in the league too much. Mm. They finished with fifty three points the year they qualified for the Europa League, and they I think forty seven or forty eight the year after that. So that's not too bad. And no. they finished twelfth you know, easily uh, maintaining their place in the Premier League and at the same time giving their fans something that very, very few fans can ever experience. I mean, if I, I had experienced it so intensely uh, as, you know, um, a proxy, <laughs> I, I wonder what it must have been for, you know, for you, for example, and for, for the other people at Craven Cottage and yeah. for the players. For well, I mean, you're, you're right to bring up the Europa League effect because yeah. their attitude now is, oh, it's a bit of a pain in the arse. Kind of, mm-hmm. we, we saw Burnley struggle with it last season. We've seen Wolves this season have had a, a difficult start to the Premier League season, which is easy to attribute to the to Europa League. You know, it, it's, uh, we saw you know, Ipswich back in 2001. I think mm-hmm. yeah. when they'd finished fifth, a- and Everton then, as well, and they end up getting relegated the the, the mm-hmm. UEFA Cup season. So it it, it can really can affect you negatively, or it can give you nights that oh. people will be talking about on podcast nine years later. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and a lot many years after that, I'll be happy to talk about about this game. I mean, well, this will still be available. I don't think people will be doing it. We'll 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 complete it. Very true, very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I am uh, available for comment in, in other podcasts <laughs> if, if anyone's listening. But yeah, I mean, I think I think that Europa League run was was really important for the club in general. Uh, mm. Because see what you, what you said earlier, Philippe, about oh well they they're almost my second team, yeah. uh, Philippe. I think a lot of people have found that with with Fulham. Maybe not so much now, but but back then. I mean, I'd moved to London. Was it the previous year, perhaps? And I I didn't really have an English team to support. Having grown up in Scotland and supported one or two English teams, just you, you do as a young lad. But moved down south and uh, and, 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 and and really supported anybody. <laughs> I had an odd supporting for Sheffield Wednesday for a short while while Chris Waddle was there. But anyway, um, 
and Fulham were an accessible club. They were, were cheaper tickets, comparatively speaking. Yeah. It was an exciting time, and I went along and and I'd seen them play that season, sort of before. But it was it was really that season start to go and watch them. And there was a lot of people who had moved to London from from other countries or other parts of the country. And it was oh, there's my second team that season. Actually, people started to say, no, they're my first team now. Almost. <laughs> and I think that Europa League run it caught the uh, attention uh, and the and, and captured the imagination of a yeah. lot of people. Well, you're right. Just you could you could go to the game exactly. You go to league games. Which it completely is not true of the vast majority of Premier League clubs. You have to yeah. be on a waiting list, or be a member, or be uh-huh. a season ticket holder. And but it's such a beautiful so, walk to the ground yeah. next to the oh, Thames, the old stadium. So, there's something so romantic about so it. So even though I'd be working at a game, yeah. vast majority of weekends, I had a couple of mates who, you know, I I go to Fulham, quote unquote, as a fan. Yeah, yeah, just to sit in the stand, we'd have a couple of beers first and just watch the game because mm. you could afford to get in. Yeah, and and you know, it's possible to get in. So in a sense. It it's sort of lack of having thousands and thousands of, of mm-hmm. fans became a huge advantage because it suddenly became accessible to everybody. Yeah, and the thing is that um, they they I think they were not underdogs for very long in that competition <laughs> yeah. because they they kept doing things one after the other. The games yeah. against Roma really stick in my craw a bit because they yeah. should have won those games. Mm. But you know, I'm looking at the the teams that they played against, and um, you know, Roma was one. Uh, CSK Sofia, uh, Basel, uh, mm-hmm. obviously, uh, you know, Swiss champion uh, almost, and Shakhtar or Donetsk, of course, we, mm. we must talk about. I mean, I know it's not about the Shakhtar games, sure. but the performances against Shakhtar, everybody became convinced, well, actually, they can really do something in this competition. Well, you Shakhtar realize. were the holders. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, so they, they, unbelievable. they took four points off CSK Sofia yeah. in, in the group. They took six off Basel. Now, they only took one off Roma, but as you say, yeah. I, I remember being at that game. It was, and that, I think that was maybe where the mindset changed. You know, they were playing against Roma. Crying out loud, and Fulham footballers got a point, and they were going away from the game gutted. I, I'm, I, I'm, the other thing which I noticed looking at the you know the team the team sheets mm. of that campaign is that from the beginning they actually played the strongest eleven almost all the time. Yeah. Perhaps one or two changes, yeah, yeah. but that's it. Mm. There was very little rotation. It was the same group of player players which started the competition on the 30th of July <laughs> and ended up uh, playing against Atletico in the final. Oh, yeah, it's a hell of a long season. But that but that round of 32... 19 games in total yeah. in the Euro- in Europe. That is I mean, <laughs> madness. But that round of 32, the game that they, they played against Shakhtar mm-hmm. to get into the game against Juventus, that, uh, watching that game, I think I think we agree on this. They, that was the best team Fulham played in yes. that competition. Yes. Uh, they won 2-1 at home and a magnificent Zamora winner uh, off the bar. One of many that season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, what a season he had. Um, and I think it, maybe injury would have ruled him out because he, there was talk of him maybe getting into the 2010 World Cup squad. Correct, I can't yeah. remember. I think it was an injury. But I anyway. mean, he played the final on one leg, as I remember. Yeah, yeah that's right. Basically. Yeah. Um, but, but Fulham that night were playing against a superior side. But you saw... As you say, Jonathan Hodgson's tactics there, and and the way he organises a team. So we're talking about the Shakhtar game. The Shakhtar yeah. game, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You saw them, and the way the zonal structure kind of works with Hodgson's sides. Everyone knows the job. Everyone knows the shape. How the, to beat Shakhtar over two legs, mm. two one, and then one all away from home. That an extraordinary achievement, Philippe. Yeah, no, I mean um, extraordinary and unexpected as yeah. well, uh, because that was you know a Shakhtar side that in many ways was way stronger than the one we have at the moment mm. in which you know got spanked by Manchester City um, and with with players who would go on you know to to great things I mean Luis Ariano was one of the players Jensen mm. was another one I mean they they had the usual contingent of uh, of excellent Brazilians 
Um, Dave and, Serna at uh, yeah, right back. Mm. Absolutely. So Ras um, Van Rats at left back. Rats, yes. So to have a, to, you know to be better over two legs because they were better over two legs mm. than Shakhtar Donetsk. Uh, yeah, made you wonder. I suppose I I'm not so sure. I'm not sure that people uh, in England. Um, had an idea of the magnitude of what Fulham were doing that season. Perhaps because of the fact that English clubs were doing so well in Europe. Uh-huh. You, know, you had had the All-English yeah. uh, final in the Champions League. Uh, then you would have 2008, 2009, in which they would do ex- extremely well, apart from from the final, of course. Yeah. Um, and I, I think in, in a way that people were not didn't quite realise the magnitude of, of what this particular team, particular group of players achieved. Yeah, I, th- I think that that the, the result that we're talking That's, about, yeah. that was what it kicked in. But it, I mean, even if Ed Fulham had gone out of that game, still amazing. Yep. St- to come through the group was was an achievement. To, to then beat Shakhtar, who were playing, well, let's, let's forget this, previously in the seventh best team in England. Yep. Shakhtar would have thought, oh, come on. <laughs> but it's, it's also, it's, yeah, seventh best team in England playing way above themselves I'm yes. not saying they didn't deserve to be no saying. you're right yeah. that was a totally merited position oh, completely but it was also not a position you'd expect them to hold in perpetuity yeah so yeah Shakhtar would have yeah they would have fancied a bit of that absolutely yeah, yeah. okay alright after the break we'll, uh, we'll talk about the game itself When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Greatest Games, everybody. Now then, Fulham lost the first leg, 3-1 to Juventus. And I remember thinking, it is Juventus, although perhaps... The the shirt the the face the, the the shirt sort of suggested the team was was greater than than what it yeah. was. It wasn't a classic Juventus side, and the game was played oh. at the uh, Olympic Stadium in yeah. Turin. So lots of little tiny bits and pieces going Fulham's way, if you see what I mean. Yeah, I mean you know the the team they had because I mean some of the names will be very familiar to people, of course. Yeah, but if but, you think of where they were in their careers, yep, 
Um, well, let's go through the team. Yeah, away, yeah. To Comentian goal, yeah, not Buffon. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> That's Shall- already a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Shelley Hamantic, great player in his day, but past his best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Zabina, mm. Cannavaro, great player in his day, past his best. Yeah. Uh, Grosso, great player in his day, past his best. Camonese, very good player in his day, past his best. <laughs> Felipe Melo, mm. Mama Sissoko, yeah. mm. uh, Diego, Candreva, yeah. mm. yes, good player. <laughs> Trezeguet, Found one. Trezeguet, great player in his day, past his best. Yeah, it was not a classic Juventus so, side at all. It's a really weirdly weak Juve team. Well, especially... Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, it, you know, I, I said it hadn't... Yeah, it hadn't occurred to me mm. that this could possibly be a theme of this. But you look at where Juve, where Juve have gone in the past decade oh, yeah. since then. Yeah. You know, those, those players would get nowhere near. No, but it's night and day. And not even Candreva would. I no. suppose Candreva might, might, might be a fringe player. But but Juventus, yeah. I mean, Juventus have got Cristiano Ronaldo for crying out loud at the moment. You know, they, they are, what, seven, <laughs> seven league titles in a row in, in Serie A. Mm. This was a real dip in, in the, the sort of recent history of Juventus. I mean, getting beat by Fulham in the Europa League. For I mean, you know, even the bench, you know, Pinsolio, you're akin to Del Piero, but a very old Del Piero. Yep. Um, Poulsen, Gregera, De Celia and Morone. It's not that they, no. yeah, but they, yeah, sent out a slightly weaker side and thought, "Oh, we've got the big guns on the bench ready." <laughs> yeah. they, they just weren't any guns mm. there. The one who was missing uh, from the first uh, leg was Marquisio. Right, right, okay. So, so, so that is a genuine player. Th- th- that, that, yeah, absolutely, yeah, sure. But, but still, mm. so they won the first leg three-one. And yep. uh, as I say, you know, mixed feelings with Fulham. You think, well, in a way, goal. It's not mm-hmm. outrageous to think, but three-one against the old lady, unlikely. It's going to happen. But then turn up to Craven Cottage, and I'm going to say something very cheesy and cliched. But go on. There was something in the air that night. I tell you, <laughs> on the walk up to the stadium, I remember with a friend of mine, and I said, oh, "There's something in the air." And of course. Of course, in reality, there's nothing in the air. It's what you want as a as a football fan. Yeah, but you say that, and I'm actually thinking right now. I'm wondering yeah. if the fact that Juve scored so early in the game, uh-huh. Trezeguet in the second minute. That's I'm right. wondering if you actually helped in a very strange way because of the reaction of the public. Yeah, was yeah. immediately you will remember the whole stands were jumping up and down and yeah. singing. I believe, I believe, well, I want to believe, I mm. want to believe, and and it seemed like everybody was energized by that, saying, "Yeah, okay, we've scored." You know, they've well, scored this has come up in a, in a few podcasts, but yeah. there is a strange thing that conceded an early goal mm-hmm. you know, suddenly there's nothing left for you you've got nothing to lose you, yeah. you, you can just you know settle down to going about the opposition yeah you're not I mean okay they, much they like all, Spurs in the Champions they, they League all, final yeah. <laughs> they already you know they already had a two goal lead they had to overcome but yeah. suddenly they've, they've they've got to attack there's no thought we'll keep a title half time and see what yeah. we can do second half it's right but it's also but that Fulham side they're not used to being in that position and so if you sort of think, okay, we're three one. How do we? Should we? Edge? Should we maybe try and nick a goal? You, as you say, it's mm. a bit cagey. You're not sure when that happens. It's kind of like right. We've yeah, got, we've, 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 we've got to score four. Yes, exactly. We've 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 only got one option here, and it was important for Fulham that they scored very soon after. I think seven minutes after that. That's uh, Bobby right. Zamora. Bobby yeah. Zamora. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just sort of Koncheski cross. Yeah, and classic it, Zamora goal. I mean, Zamora was brilliant that season. Yes, um, a great target man. He added goals, which was quite rare for Zamora. I mean, uh, yeah, and not just—I mean, a great target man, but also I think one of the smoothest um, players I've seen in this kind of role. English players I've seen in yeah. this role. Um, you know what I've just thought is, is the way. It's a bit like Giroud-like the way he was able to uh, yeah. pass the ball, to flick the ball, you know, outside of the boot, mm-hmm. constantly making other people play around him. 
and 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 actually creating an. I mean, I, I, because we we've we've um, given the uh, UV team. But um, we should give the the Fulham oh, team. Oh, we should absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, you've got it, uh, Jonathan. Yes. Um, so Schwarzer in goal, uh, Kelly and Conchesco two fullbacks, Hughes and Hangerland middle of defence, then um, Baird and Dixon Tuhu in the middle of midfield, Duff and Davis wide, Gera playing behind Zamora. So they didn't have Danny Murphy in there, who was no, we didn't have Danny. Very Murphy, important yeah. uh, a player. For so the bench is interesting as well. Is sort of. A player who I have to say I'd completely forgotten that ever played. <laughs> yeah, he was so, there, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> no, let's see if you can get it. Uh, so I'll, g- I'll give you the other six subs: Zubabula, <laughs> Nevland, yeah. Risa, Dempsey, Smalling, Marsh Brown, and who, he's not a particularly famous player. He's just sort of. I can't, oh, you've got me there. Go on. Dikachwa, the South ah, African. Blimey, yeah. But yeah. just you know, one of those people who you stop thinking about and suddenly their names. <laughs> I, I was going to keep <laughs> off um, Chris Smalling because people had probably completely forgotten that Chris Smalling, yeah. Um, yeah, right. you know, um, played. Well, um, and they won't take him back, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Chris Smalling is a really strange story that uh, there's um, there's a cricket coach who I've worked with and Barney Ronnie and Barney Ronnie's kids who are very, very good at cricket in a way that I'm certainly not, <laughs> have worked with. Um, who and he was obviously one. You know, he, he he played for London schools. He's obviously a very good cricketer, but he also played football to a relatively good youth level. He's you know, one of these guys who's just good at sport. Sure. And they would play against Chris Smalling, who noticed had a massive afro. And when they came up against his team, they would be like, "Right, let's target the guy with the afro because he's crap." Really? And then suddenly it's like. He signed for Fulham. What? <laughs> and just utter bewilderment that a yeah. player that they were isolating as a weak link at sort of under sixteen football, mm. at, yeah. yeah, local London level, had for whatever. Yeah, like I'm not saying that Fulham dropped a, you know, a sure, terrible sure. Rick Sanks. He's won our yeah, England yeah, caps yeah. and whatever. But obviously, somebody who developed, yeah, very very suddenly, kind of in his mid-teens. But what is extraordinary is how they could see through thing. And I remember at the time talking to the people at Fulham, and and they were all raving about him. Right. They were saying this guy's going to play for England. He thought. Really? Well, they were correct. Well, they were absolutely well, correct. So these people knew something. We they did. Well, they targeted Chris uh, Chris Smalling like Fulham targeted Fabio Cannavaro that <laughs> evening. Well, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the Cannavaro, yes. I mean, if we talk about Bobby Zamora playing the final on one leg, um, he played it on one toe yeah. or something like that. It My goodness. Yeah, I know. But these, but these... It's not extraordinary when you think the guy was the, the Ballon d'Or not that long yeah. before that. And he was already on the way out. I know. <laughs> but I, I mean, with, with these sort of, you know, extraordinary sort of events, you know, to use an aviation term, like the Swiss cheese effect. Like I say, when you look at this time... aviation term? Yes. Swiss cheese effect? But yeah, lots of, lots of little things going wrong to create oh. a sort of uh, a, a, a situation. And so with, with Fulham beating Juventus on this uh, over two legs, like I say, I think the fact that, that Juventus were in a... Well, obviously they're in a bad period, hence they were in the Europa League, not the Champions League. Correct. It was, it was played at the Stadio Olimpico in Turin, which seemed like a neutral venue really at the, at the time mm. Juventus go ahead to be fair the Deli Alpi office seemed like <laughs> yeah, it, it, it did um, but yeah, their current yeah, stadium you certainly wouldn't say that about well you know uh, I think that in the first leg there were just over 10,000 spectators yeah well there you are which is uh, unbelievable yeah. yeah it shows also perhaps you know that Juve were not perhaps treating this competition as seriously no. As they should have, despite the fact they had named you know their strongest mm. eleven. Shows real contempt for Roy Hodgson, I find. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but and, and they should have known, you know, Roy Hodgson after all was at Inter, you know, sure. uh, reached another European final. Yeah. With Inter, you know, there you go. Um, so 
you, you then have the early goal. You then have Zamora equalising mm-hmm. very quickly. So it gets everybody going again. Ninth minute. And then the, and then the moment that changes it is, is Cannavaro being sent off. And some people, I mean, I don't know what your take on it, but because you should were, it have been a red card? You were just in front, weren't you? If you were in that... Uh, yeah, I, I can see it, yeah. 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 I remember when it happened and I thought to myself, he, he's off. Yeah. I thought he's... No he's, doubt, he's, red card. No question. Right, okay. So yeah, I mean, I would say... There that. you go. Oh, like, a full G- has got behind him. Yeah. And because Cannavaro's still turning... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's no way Cannavale's going to get back. Yeah, chops him down cynically. That's why. But when, but when he got fouled, and everyone's like, "Hang on a minute," and the, you can you could see people in the crowd thinking, "I tell you, what, it's one all. We've got our tails up." If he goes off, yeah, I don't know. And then and then the moment it was celebrated that, like a VAR decision. It was. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Um, but in a sense, probably fortunate you had a very good referee yeah. who. Yes, not afraid to make a decision. He was beyond Kuipers, who obviously has gone on to become... He's done the Champions League final. He's done the Champions League final. Mm. Yeah, he might well, have done a couple, actually. And so one of the best referees in, in Europe in the last yeah. couple of decades. We're not absolutely sure this decision will have been taken in the Stadio Olimpico. Or the Stadio de Alpi. Or the 1970s. Or the mid-90s, you could even suggest. Um, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, well, kind we, of our wouldn't have got done for pace in the mid-90s. Well, true enough. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll leave that there. But... Um, <laughs> but but so Cannavaro goes off, and then from the resulting free kick, Bobby Zamora hits it, and the keeper makes really good save, tips it over the bar. When, and when that free kick is hit, you know you think to yourself, "Oh, blimey, that was that was nearly two one." And you think, "At two one, yeah. if Fulham gets two one and down to ten men, then this is on." I don't, I don't care who, where you're from and what football culture you, you're, you've been brought up in. And I remember thinking to myself. Fulham have a chance here, but it's all about game management. They have to go in two one up, yeah, before the before the break. And they didn't go helter skelter either. No, um, they they took the way they took advantage of the numerical advantage. I mean, took advantage of the numerical advantage. Sure, um, was there was all this incredible passion and noise coming from from the stands? But the way they were going about their business, they were just playing like Fulham. Mm. They were not trying to overreach. They were not trying to overplay. Mm-hmm. They they used their strength. And uh, it's actually, I think, it's a group of players. Um, there were actually uh, a number of very, very skillful players in that. Um, yeah. And and one my one of my favorites, and probably one of your favorites, because uh, I, I'm going to ask Jonathan to say it in Spanish. But for a big man, he had a lovely touch. Baron Grande and Toque Bueno, Bueno or Suave. You could Suave. Hermosa. Uh, even, yeah. Oh, por, no. su, por supuesto. Okay, and but it, of course I'm talking about Zoltan Gera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who was an absolutely? I can't say it in Hungarian. You, can you say it in Hungarian? Uh, g- give me about six more months. That's <laughs> <laughs> why I said Zoltan Yur or something like that. Oh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't even begin. Zoltan Gera. Yeah, that's right. But Gera, <laughs> of course, got the second goal, yeah. um, and the balls played out wide to Simon Davis. Was it uh, the cross is from Davis? Yeah, the ball's pl- he gets there's the a ball. little so slip pass inside the fullback and he gets gets him behind the fullback and yeah. drives it across goal and Gira just smashes in, turns it in from yeah. four or five yards. Yeah, five yards at, at the max- maximum. Yes. Yeah, and when that goal goes in, everybody goes bonkers. It's game on. Yep. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's possible. Well, the thing is, two goals can be scored in two minutes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's an obvious thing to say, but there's a big difference between three and two. And three requires <laughs> yeah. a lot of things to happen. Yes. Two requires two things to happen. <laughs> and it's one of those cases, even though I know that the stats don't seem to uh, necessarily bear this out, when mm. scoring just before the half-time, to score in the 30, 39th minute, mm-hmm. this goal, um, 
you can imagine what went through the heads of the Juventus players thinking, what kind of a trap have we fallen in here? Mm. But there's also you know, one goal in extra time. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... I mean, I know this is really obvious basic maths, but, <laughs> but that is a goal that changes the whole dynamic of the game. Absolutely right. So Fulham, Fulham get themselves in half-time, 2-1. Yep. Lovely old job. And you know that Hodgson's kind of going to calm them down and make sure there's Absolutely. Not, no, nothing silly. And yep. He's probably going to tell a long, rambling anecdote at half-time. <laughs> <laughs> but, he's, but they are playing against more experienced players. Yeah. A lot past their best. You have to respect that, even though they're... Oh, it's still Juventus. It's still Juventus. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, I'm just trying to 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 remember, and, and I'm sorry that I don't remember that uh, when Cannavaro uh, is uh, sus- uh, is taken sent, off, sent off, yeah, sent off. Twenty seven, twenty eight minutes. Twenty eight minutes. Mm. It takes off Candreva. Oh and, yes, and yes. brings on Grigera. And brings on Grigera. And I'm trying to picture because you know the, the it's funny it's a game I've never wanted to watch it on television mm-hmm. or on video because I want to keep it yeah, exactly, yeah I know you, you mean know, yeah. don't want to the memory to change no. at all but I'm, I'm I cannot quite remember how Juve exactly you know organized themselves after yeah. if it just went did, did four Philippe four one. Met- Felipe Melo drop back into the back four, maybe, and then Gregera sit in front of them. Yeah, possibly something like but that. They show or, or Sissoko uh, we'll go back to Sissoko going back to the full back and Zabina into the middle, maybe. That would have been possible because Zabina um, was in trouble actually for the whole game. To be honest, he didn't mm. have one of his greatest, and actually it finished very badly for him. Oh, he got sent off right, yes, right <laughs> at the death. Yeah, but they were very angry. Oh, indeed, he was. Um, but I mean, Juventus in, after Fulham went two-one up, as far as I remember. In that second half, there was no in- attacking intent from them, really. No, not whatsoever. But you would have a, a stronger Juventus side. Um, you would have backed them to be able to, um, well, deal with a, you know, they had at the time still a, well, a one goal cushion. Yeah. Well, Bagheera uh, finished that off with his with his second goal, Fulham's third on the night, not that long after half. No, 49th minute. Yeah. But you say that. But I think the most nervous I felt during the game mm. was between that and the deliverance. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, actually, yeah. I think, it's going to come, it's going to come, it's not coming, it's not coming. Yeah, uh, yeah, because suddenly it becomes possible, and so yeah, and suddenly you think, oh, the tension is is it's getting a little. So bit. it's a doff cross mm. uh, and strikes the hand of Diego, um, and that's a penalty. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what handball is anymore, but I, <laughs> but it was it was a handball. Diego hand Diego sticks his hand out towards the ball and stops it. Exactly. So that's a, pen- that's a penalty. There's no discussion about the red card. There's no discussion about the penalty. It was an absolutely fair game. Yeah. So Gira slots away the penalty. It's 3-1. Mm. But as you say, there's a long time to go. Yeah. And uh, as I said, you know, this is when we become very nervous. But this is also when the stadium, uh, I mean, it's it's extraordinary. You genuinely feel that it's the team is surfing on what is happening, on the noise. Yeah. And, uh, and on the absolute belief of... Uh, but again, they don't panic. They don't panic. Uh, and um, Roy makes the right substitution mm. because um, yeah, well, twenty it, twenty minutes to go. I think he brings on yeah, Dempsey. Uh, yeah. He, yeah. Kelly goes off for Dempsey. Yeah, just an attacking move. Oh, well, very attacking because he, he sees off it. Full back for a... absolutely. Well, he sees it's there to be won. Yeah. Juventus is showing no attacking threat. And I guess once he got to that point, his thinking would be win it before ninety minutes. Absolutely. Do not let absolutely get in the dress, well not in the dressing room. Do not let a manager kind of get at them. And yeah, sort totally. Them out. Because you could imagine it going to extra time, Juventus piling players behind the ball, getting to penalties and winning on penalties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You could definitely see something like that. Absolutely. Uh, as I remember, it was a game, I mean, I would say with, they were playing with 10 men, maybe nine, because it's not this kind of game uh, at mm. all, David Trezeguet. No, Trezeguet was, uh, apart from his goal, dis- disappeared completely. Yeah, yeah, I mean, right. it, yeah. Well, the, the Celia came on for Cameron Ace here as well, so it's another defensive move. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, they're desperately clinging on. Yeah, but I mean, Fulham weren't creating too many sort of clear no, chances. which is part of the of the nervousness. They were dominating play. Mm. You're thinking, are they? But again, they went about their business mm-hmm. very, you know, in a very reasonable, rational, balanced way. They were not trying to throw players yeah. uh, uh, up front, and. Um, to be honest, the, the, the manner of, of I, I, I call it the deliverance, but the manner of the deliverance was certainly unexpected and um, and didn't come from, I mean, it came from a likely source. Yeah. Because he'd scored quite a few goals before that. Yeah. Uh, like seven or eight goals already in the Premier League. Yeah, uh, Dempsey, the, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Knew where the goal was, as he proved with that audacious attempt. Uh, a, a sublime. <laughs> a sublime attempt and one of the most, uh, it's a goal that it, I still have the hair raising on my neck because Don't I was get... literally just, you know, yeah, when yeah. you're just behind it yep. and you can see what's going to happen. Who gives him the ball? Is it Dixon or Tuhu? Dixon or Tuhu, yeah. Dixon or Tuhu, yeah. So that's, Dixon... a, that's a surprising source. Not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not many assists from no. Dixon or Tuhu no. in his career. I mean, yeah. calling that an assist is, is you know, generous. He, he receives the ball back oh, to it's, goal. It's uh, like Hector Enrique's assist from Maradona in 86. Absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, for, I was sat at the other end and when he di- when he dinks that over, yeah, with Dempsey with that fantastic effort, you think to yourself, as he misplaced a cross, and then you see it, and you go, hang on, hang on, hang on, and it plops into the corner. Well, the, the camera behind the goal is perfectly placed. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, and you see, I don't know, something very beautiful about that. The the dark of a night sky, yeah. the ball is sort of drifting over the goal, like, you know, sort of purple and green arm, it sort of drifts over it. Mm. And just under the bar and just inside the post. Yeah. With just that little bit of shape. And he meant it. Oh, it was a phenomenal. Oh, absolutely. Goal. He absolutely he meant, it, yeah. meant it. Absolutely. Great, fabulous moment of improvisation. Yeah. And, you know, from, because he receives the ball back to goal. Yeah. Then spins and then immediately mm-hmm. he's seen the keeper. I mean, the keeper is actually not that badly positioned, to be absolutely honest. He couldn't. In- I don't think he is badly positioned, but, but inevitably. He couldn't have envisaged when you have, that. When you have that angle. Yeah. There is a little bit of space there. I mean, that's, that's you know Dennis Bergkamp's, uh, you know, in Stillness and Speed, he talks about how there's yeah. always space above the goalkeeper. And Dennis Bergkamp realised that very young and so practised chipping because he knew that there were places where the goalkeeper, no matter how well positioned he was, could not get to the ball because you put it over him but got under the bar. Mm. It's really hard to do. Yeah. But Dennis Bergkamp was good enough to do it and... And Clint on this Dempsey. occasion, <laughs> Clint Dempsey was good enough yeah, to do it. The, yeah, the men who looked like... A, some kind of monk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's thin as a rake. Yeah. Look, not one of those monks in the Egyptian desert, <laughs> as a desert you know, just having come down from his pedestal and, and then strikes out. And then what happens afterwards is complete pandemonium. Yeah. And oh, honestly, <laughs> a, a magnificent moment. Yeah. A moment of, um, as I said, true unadulterated. Unadulterated. Uh, unadulterated. <laughs> it's a word I've always had a problem with this one, and I promise I'm on tea. Um, uh, it's, yeah, pure joy. Yeah, absolutely pure joy, and everybody, and that's it. And and to be honest, it's game over. Oh, it was. There was no kind of. There well, was yeah, no... there's a really telling moment just afterwards when Diego gets the ball wide, has a great chance to just you know, whip it across the ball. You hit it towards the far post. If it goes in, mm-hmm. great. If someone gets a touch, great. And he stops and checks and turns back. Yeah, his bottle's gone completely. Yeah, and that was Juve as a whole. I, I I vividly remember that moment, and it was the only moment we thought, oh no, yeah, that was no, it's fine. No, no, no. There was no danger. In fact, to the point of Juventus, Zabina gets sent off. Um, for what did he kick oh, out? Or was it, it yeah, was petulant. It's on the on the touchline. That's right. Yeah, it kicks it, uh, Duff, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's with, just by the the, mm-hmm. the dugouts actually, yeah. and uh, yeah, he completely loses it. But by that time, you know, they're sure. the game. But I, th- I, think, over. I think that moment when Zabina does that and so on, I think that's the the moment where almost for for some Fulham fans and you know myself included, it's kind of like yeah, then it's just a name Juventus. 
Yeah. Like it's just, ah, the masks come off. Yeah. We've beaten them. Out they go, and, they, and we march on into we the next round. them. Yeah. yeah four <laughs> one. Four bloody one. And, and and that's when the belief really, really came mm. to Craven Cottage. I mean, season. you were four one up with two minutes to go. So, like, <laughs> against nine <laughs> well, I'm talking about the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're not that good. <laughs> I, I see you don't follow the Arsenal these days. <laughs> yeah, bets being put on. Um, yeah, well, that so the, obviously the game finishes, and it, it just... It was it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. The smiles on everybody's. I mean, and on on the players talking to the players afterwards. Yeah. And so again, and and to talk to Roy, I've never seen him like that. <laughs> and um and it was the, the, yeah the pure joy because he was desperately trying not to show too much. You know, of course he wants to be the man who chooses the right words for the right occasion. But it was difficult. It was almost impossible actually after such yeah. a night. And then Fulham beat Wolfsburg. Yep. In the next round, which was no mean feat. Yep. Twice, yeah. Would that have come in away with again Zamora? Wouldn't have been Felix Magat's Wolfsburg, would it? Uh, was he still in charge? He won the league with. Or had them. he gone to Bayern by then? Oh, good point. Not sure, um, but they beat Wolfsburg, and and when they played Wolfsburg again, it was kind of like, well, yeah, yeah, of Fulham have beaten Wolfsburg. Cool. You know, that's that's cool. That's what no Fulham, problem. yeah, that's what they do, and and it was the semi-final to sort of you know begin to kind of come into land with this. Um, they played in Hamburg. They drew nil nil. Yeah, and that was a bit mm, okay. Should should be okay at Craven should Cottage. Should be okay, but yeah. And I was at that match, and uh, then when uh, Petrich, yeah. it was Petrich scored a wonderful free kick. Yeah, absolutely. That's when I thought, ah, Uh-oh. it's come to an end. What a, and and started thinking to myself actually. What an amazing run this has been. Yeah. Isn't this been Thank fantastic? you very much for not using yeah. the word journey, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what an adventure, Philippe. Um, what an adventure. You know, what, 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 a, what a great run it's been in the Cup. Uh, this has gone far beyond expectation. All these kind of thoughts. And then... Davis equalises. And Guerra scores. And then Guerra scores. And the fans, before that equaliser started, you know, we still believe. They're, yeah. they're and when Guerra scored that goal, again, it was like, oh my goodness. In fact, I was, I was actually in a weird way, more surprised that they'd come through that Hamburg game than being the Juventus. Juventus yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. There was a, there was a feeling of that. And Forsberg's manager, to interject, Yes, uh, Magat was at Schalke by then. Ah, okay. It, it was the interim manager, Lawrence Gunter Kirstner, who had taken over from Armin Vech and would himself Armin be replaced Vech. by... At Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg. Steve McLaren. McLaren, of My course. My goodness. Yeah. Steve McLaren's Wolfsburg. There but you are. This was um, <laughs> uh, Kirstner's Wolfsburg. Ah, there you are. Sorry, yeah. carry on. Yeah, yeah. No, worthy. Worthy interjection. I think Fulham played FC20, the next uh, Europa League campaign as well. Um, but there we are. Um, but yeah, so, and then of course, Fulham in the final against Atletico. I think, yeah. I, I which think was a bridge too far. A bridge too far. I think even against the game against Hamburg, you started to feel they're looking a little bit tired now. Yeah. And and there were all these questions about Bobby Zamora's fitness yeah, already. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we knew that he wasn't 100%. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Uh, fortunately, the club was safe in the Premier League. Yeah. There was no problem, um, no question of, you know, suddenly uh, all hands to the pump in, in, in there. But uh, And it was just, I, I have to say this final, I, I wasn't at the final. That's the one game. Yeah, it's the same with me. Actually. Oh, I was uh, there. You were there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, over to you. Don't remember, to be honest. Well, uh, I can tell you. I remember uh, being surprisingly cold. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, that time of the year. I well, mean, no, it was uh, May, so yeah. it not have been. No, Diego, that's right, yeah. Diego Forlan opened the scoring, mm-hmm. and Simon Davis equalised five minutes later. Yeah. So, could it be possible? No, they looked absolutely shattered. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I mean, it was it was done. But the, I remember after the semi-final win, actually, uh, against Hamburg, when people couldn't believe 
that they'd actually done it. They were in the final because, again, when you're talking about uh, pointing out the bleeding obvious earlier, you know, to get to a semi-final is great, but only the fans probably rem- of that particular club will remember that. You get to the final, you've played the amount of games possible in that tournament. I think, Pete, I think the wider, cons- I think the that. semi-final final is a big difference. Yeah, I mean, yes and no. I still think. If you say to people, tell me about Fulham in the Europa League, they'll go, oh, they beat Juventus 4-1. Sure, yes, exactly. And then you go, what round was that in? But, I don't know. Yeah. But what they'll say they got to the final. Uh, well, okay. Really? I'm not sure. Or maybe I'm I have be- to say, I had to remind myself, even though I was at the final, I had to remind myself <laughs> all the time. <laughs> it was one of, one of those ones. Yeah, um, I remember, even though that wasn't at the Juve game, I remember yeah. that clearly. I remember the, the, the Shakhtar game relatively well, Yeah, uh, which I was at. Um but yeah, the final for some reason didn't hasn't really left an imprint. Well, after the semi-final, everyone went to v- sort of various local pubs, mm. and Liverpool were playing against Atletico in the other semi-final. I'd forgotten. And you forget because it forgotten about. Yeah, because it final. could have been an all-English affair. And I remember everyone was watching it, and there was no sort of hatred to Liverpool or anything. It's Fulham fans for crying out loud. They don't hate anybody. But um, but the, everyone wanted Atletico to win because they knew if Liverpool won, mm. Liverpool were like. They're quite obviously better than Fulham, so it was kind of like, oh, well, you're never going to win the final. And of course, as it went, Letico did beat uh, Fulham, but it's a bit more glamorous, I suppose. But it's also, yeah, yeah it's if, also you, if you're in a yeah. if you're in a big European final, you yeah. want to play a big European team. Exactly. You don't want to play something you play twice a season anyway. Yeah, right enough. And you've beaten German opposition, very yeah, good German yeah, opposition. Yeah. You've played against Italian opposition, very good Italian opposition because Roma as well as Juve. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've played against Ukrainian opposition. You want you know something no, new, well, something exciting. Absolutely. absolutely. It's fair to say that Juventus have kicked on since then, though. <laughs> uh, a bit more than Fulham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they they lost the battle, but they, they won the they, war. Their path <laughs> crossed, and then the ship disappeared in the night. <laughs> Long lost on the horizon. There's just yeah. this little bit of smoke, puff of smoke, absolutely. you can see from Craven Cottage. That's I mean, Juve. I mean, it is <laughs> mad to think Juventus being knocked out of the Europa League by. Yeah, as, as we say, this you know what I've forgotten is how they got to the Europa League. <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah, well, that, but that shows you, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. that that Juventus, yeah, a far different beast to the Juventus we've known for the last sort of six or seven seasons. It, it, it had come to the end of a cycle. Yeah, um, you know, well, Del Piero on the bench symbolises that, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and Calciopoli and all, all uh, yeah, the, the the issues that yeah that creates. I mean, of which uh, yeah, squad management is. Mm-hmm. It is one of the lesser ones, but it is clearly an issue, and they clearly it was also were still feeling the, the after effects. Mm. It of was that. the post Zidane Juve as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know? so. But they were beaten four one by Fulham. That uh, and that's all we want. That to remember. famous note, absolutely. Uh, Philippe, thank you very much. Well, thank you it's very much for having pleasure. me. Pleasure to remind to, to remember to recollect <laughs> what happened on that glorious night. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, thank you very much, everybody, for listening to Greatest Games on Football Ramble Daily in association with the Blizzard. Of course, if you want to hear more stories like that, then uh, do check out the Blizzard. We're back next week with another cracker from the history of football. See you then. Stakhanov Production.